Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 17 of Secrets of Shadowloo, uh, and we're beginning a new section today. Uh, the color coding has changed. Uh, we're now in the red section of the book, and that section, as we are informed by a tremendous logo at the top of the page, is Shadowloo Warriors. Now, this section is going to include a lot of the mechanical content of the book, a lot of the rules stuff. We're going to start with the three remaining Shadowloo World Warriors who are not covered in the Street Fighter storytelling game core book. In that book, Balrog is kind of stuffed in the back. He's the Mike Tyson-like boxer, for those of you who don't know much about the video game. Uh, but the other three Shadowloo World Warriors from the fighting game, M. Bison, Vega, and Sagat, are all in this book in this section. But it doesn't stop there. That's like relatively high on the ancient and powerful Shadowloo Pyramid. We're then going to descend the pyramid and look at some other Shadowloo fighters whom you will not find in any video game in 1994 or now or ever. Uh, these characters were created and instantly forgotten, as is right and just, as we will see. But nonetheless, we're going to talk about them, and then we're going to get into some uh, generic Shadowloo mooks as well. We're going to go down to the fucking basement of this pyramid, but we're going to start at the very top with M. Bison. Today is the first day of what I expect to be kind of a, a four-part series about the man behind the cape, who is M. Bison deep inside, and how has he shaped this organization, Shadowloo. That starts today with a preamble about how Shadowloo uses violence. Quote, Most of Shadowloo's true power in the world comes from its insidious ties to every major government. By using his psychic powers, Bison can direct his trained minions to prey on a politician's worst fears and fondest desires. Blackmail, intimidation, bribery, and outright mind control are all tools used by Shadowloo to keep politicians and industrial leaders under the criminal empire's control. Bison prefers to influence others to do his bidding, rather than achieving his megalomaniacal desires through an outright show of force. Okay, but does he? I'm not trying to outright contradict the text here, but I'm saying, okay, that's that's Bison's uh, superego, right? That's how he should feel. For those of you not familiar with Freudian psychology, the order here is id, ego, ego, champion edition, superego, and then superego turbo. Bison's superego is telling him, you're a megalomaniacal dictator now. You own an island nation. You've arrived, and you're a smart man, aren't you? You want to do things the smart way. So, okay, but let's look at how Bison behaves. Let's look at the details of his organization, and maybe we can detect some undercurrents in the unconscious mind here. Quote, Still, Bison's psychic powers cannot be everywhere at once, and sometimes Shadowloo will choose force over psychic persuasion especially against rogue crime syndicates who still resist Shadowloo's control. The text goes on to say that Bison has many, many options for force available to him. Ninjas, street gangs, revenants, and then his three bosses, Sagat, Vega, and Balrog, whom he'll send in with some backup to really fuck somebody up if he wants to send a message. Now, the mix of tactics here doesn't quite add up, and that's where I think we can get some insight into M. Bison. So it's easy to overlook uh, in the first part of this page where it's saying, Oh, but Shadowloo's true powers, it's insidious ties to government. What they're saying here is that M. Bison's criminal empire has influence or control over every major world government as well as major world corporations using a combination of blackmail, intimidation, and mind control. 
even for a workaholic like M. Bison. Maintaining blackmail and or psychic mind control over essentially all the world's major corporate and government leaders, that is a huge undertaking. But somehow, somehow, Bison holds it together. Underlings can be dispatched. Psychic brain visits can be paid. Bribes can be arranged. I don't know how, but he keeps it all together. And yet, and yet, there's this bit about, quote, rogue crime syndicates. So, okay, M. Bison's in Rigonka. He's at the stage of his day where he's doing a lot of delegation. We're going to do this about this situation. We're going to do that about that situation. Amidst pulling the strings of all major world governments, he comes across this little issue. On the east coast of the United States, there's a faction of the Irish mob that's getting out of hand. They're run by a charismatic leader, right? Bad Uncle Seamus has decided to go into business for himself. He's not making his payments to whoever his immediate superior in the Shadaloo hierarchy should be. We got to do something about Bad Uncle Seamus. He's, he's building a power base. You would think compared to, let's say, secretly maintaining control of Jeff Bezos, compared to that, Bad Uncle Seamus should not be too much of a problem, right? You could catch a flight to New York, pay him a little visit in the full regalia, you know, the military style hat. Maybe this would be a good occasion uh, for your fancy cape. Give Seamus the glowing blue eyes bit, put the fear of God into him. And if that doesn't work, just outright mind control him to do what you say. Get back home. Easy peasy, right? Or maybe there's no time in your schedule for that. I understand M. Bison is a busy guy. But the thing is, about Uncle Seamus, fundamentally, I mean, he okay, he claims to be a revolutionary, sure. But this is more like the American Revolution, right? It's like we want to do the same bullshit the English are doing. It's just right now the King of England is the head asshole in charge and we want to be the king assholes in charge. Fundamentally, Shadaloo and Bad Uncle Seamus want the same thing for the Irish mob. Bad Uncle Seamus just doesn't want to give up his cut. So it's pretty easy. He's just one man in a green bowler hat, right? Like, all you got to do is spook him a little bit because he's already a criminal. He's already running this whole organization. This is minor behavior modification. This is like, hey, why don't you work for Crime Corp instead of trying to turn this into a criminal small business? It's a small ask compared to like asking the prime minister of Canada to send out a squad of Mounties to reclaim the Spear of Destiny or whatever the fuck is going on in Canada in Street Fighter continuity. Like that's outside the scope of his whole life and job and experience. Getting a political leader at great personal risk to themselves to start acting as an agent of a despised international terrorist conspiracy seems much harder to do. You're asking them to change the whole operation, right? The RCMP doesn't even employ wizards at this stage. They would have to make staffing changes to to find the Spear of Destiny, but that's the kind of thing you're asking for. But Bison can somehow finesse that stuff. But when it comes to Bad Uncle Seamus, it's like, no, let's load up a passenger plane full of ninjas from Japan, fly them way the fuck over to New York, get them off the plane, you get them through customs, everything we need to do, and send them out there en masse to have a deadly duel of shurikens versus shillelaghs on the streets of New York. That's the way to handle Uncle Seamus. It's nonsense. In terms of in Bison's conscious mind. But when you get down into Bison's subconscious, we talked about this before on the cover. This is a guy who's come a long way in his life, and he's sort of become imprisoned by his own success. He got here by doing what he loves, which is ruthless violence, preferably hand-to-hand violence. He loves to fight, and he loves to fight more than anywhere else on the street. But this Shadaloo thing, it ballooned, it really got out of hand, and now he's running an organization that simply cannot be maintained through fist fighting. So he puts in the work. He does the boring part. He maintains this whole structure, but he keeps a little section of it, the organized crime section. And he chooses to resolve his problems through proxy violence in this sphere because he simply loves a rumble. That's the secret of Shadowloo on this page. On a conscious level, M. Bison probably thinks that the best plan he can think of to keep the bad Uncle Seamuses of the world in check 
is to have garish street fights going on all over the world at all times, big theatrical rumbles between differently themed gangs, but that is absolutely not the best way to run Shadaloo. This could be done with bribes and politics and mind control, just like everything else. On a subconscious level, Bison, he's like that kid who dumps out all his action figures and has the Ninja Turtles fight the G.I. Joes, right? It's relatable, like as as fans of genre fiction, as role players. But we, underachievers that we are, can't afford to send a plane full of ninjas to fight the Irish mob, but in Bison can. And he would never consciously buy himself this gift, I feel. He might even indulge from time to time if his schedule permits it, you know, maybe upon some lazy summer afternoon. He might go kick the shit out of a bad Uncle Seamus, get his knuckles a little bloody when he's able. But I don't think he would consciously say, we could solve this with mind control. We could solve this. Like, don't we own the government of New York? Couldn't we resolve this some other way? He would never consciously opt for having a big, fun, colorful rumble, but he's convinced himself it's more efficient because it's subconsciously what he wants. And that makes all the sense in the world about what this bananas fucking setting is. This is a world shaped by a man who wants, but does not quite realize he wants every street and byway on the face of the globe filled with colorful rumbles. But that's not even the full depth of M. Bison's personality. Join me tomorrow as my psychoanalysis crusher continues to drill through M. Bison's defenses on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash revolutionvoid or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>